Nine recordings enter. Only one can leave. And it shall leave a champion. This is Cast Album Cage Match. Welcome to Cast Album Cage Match, a podcast within a podcast where we pit different recordings of the same show against each other in a battle for supremacy. There are no winners and losers in art, except tonight. I'm your resident supreme judge, Patrick Flynn, and our guest judge tonight, you know him as the composer lyricist behind Little Black Book, The Perks of Being a Snowflake, and his musical about Star Wars, accurately titled A Musical About Star Wars, currently enjoying a runoff Broadway at American Theater of Actors, it's... Billy Reese, everybody. Hey, how many times am I going to get a, a play on with the Diana soundtrack in my life? I mean, this is really <laughs> so special. Excuse me, the Diane, the Diana cast album. Oh yes. Me. Although Ooh. I suppose you can make you a could. case. Very good point. You can make, you could a make a case. It's the soundtrack. Yeah, you could. You know, you could. Um, art, yeah. Case. But I made. do just. Ha- I have to be very careful with my you words do. on this show. On this show specifically, yes. Mm. <laughs> You can't just say things because people write exactly. In. People have opinions <laughs> about things. And tonight, yes, it's the the launch, the main event, the launch of the the cast album cage match, where we will be focusing on one show, nine recordings for this show, and the show. Billy, why don't you tell everybody what we're talking about tonight? Well, it's the uh, original Diana, of course. It's Evita the musical. Don't cry for me, Argentina. I kept my promise. Don't keep your distance. That that montage is literally what the inside of my brain has sounded like for yeah. the last week. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just blurring, blurring <laughs> into each other, and it is magical. <laughs> yes, Billy and I listened to nine different cast recordings of this show, which is. And the reason I asked you to do this, because I've been thinking about doing something like this for a mm. long time, but the reason I asked you specifically is because you said Evita is your favorite musical. I, you know, and it, it varies, you know, so it is normally between Evita and Falsettos. And mm. quite frankly, re-seeing Diana the musical live and in person on the first preview, I was like, fuck, I really love Evita. That was my big <laughs> takeaway. I also love Diana, but but it did make me remind. It reminded me that Avita is a pretty damn perfect musical. Yeah, until you listen to it nine times. Well, see, but. that's what's funny. I found so for you, you took the last week to do it because you're smart. I've been basically spending the last ninety six hours in an Avita <laughs> fever dream. Uh, sure, and I gotta say, big takeaway. I still really like Evita. After no, that. I do. I so I know. I really do. There are just some lines in Evita, some lyrics were like, oh yeah. Th- there are a couple stupid lyrics, right, where you can get away with if you're listening to it in the theater. You listen to it once, but after hearing it, you know, nine times yeah. and seeing how all nine times nobody can make it work, <laughs> then it's like, all right, let's cut the lyric. <laughs> Yeah, Tim Rice, man. He taketh and, yeah. and he giveth and he, he giveth and he taketh away. Uh, Amen. You know, yeah, but it is 
I mean, this is Evita is one of my ten favorite musicals. Yeah, no question, mm-hmm. and is. I mean, I think it's Andrew Lloyd Webber's best score, no question. I think it's yep. Tim, and it, it really does show the limitations of Tim Rice. I think he's, I think this show is great, and I think his lyrics mm-hmm. are great in it. And I, and yeah, but yeah, there are some moments where, especially listening to the different versions, where you see what they changed, mm-hmm. and you're like, really, we left that all the way, huh? From right, 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 right. 1976 to 2012. We didn't touch that at all. Huh? Right, 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 right. Well, it's like that one plot point in the 1976 uh, concept album that got cut about, like, insecticide or whatever. They're like, okay, we cut that, but, like, yeah. there's some other lyrics where, like, no, that has to stay, you know? One, but, one lyric I heard for the first time, like, really heard, uh, yeah. because we decided to... I'll get into how we're going to structure this a little bit, but mm-hmm. the in a minute. But like, we, I was really focused on a couple songs, and one of them was Buenos Aires, and how the different actresses do Buenos Aires. And I really heard that lyric. The um, it's the one about uh, Ida Down. Real, real Ida down and silence really yeah. stuck out to me, which is a very British thing. It's it's a lyric that pops up. I don't know how much of a Pink Floyd person you are, if at all, but mm. like it's a lyric that Roger Waters loves. It's a metaphor. Like Ida down is a really comfortable kind of. Um, it's like goose down in a blanket. Interesting. And it's like a but like for the British people apparently in the sixties, like Ida down was the epitome of like all the songwriters who came up at that point of like comfort. And it's like interesting in America. Of that's course, so it's funny. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, in uh, and maybe in Argentina, maybe in Argentina, too, Argentina you know? true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, in in nine listens, that lyric I did not clock once because I'm so the the album that I'm in love with is the Patti LaPone album, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm just so used to bad diction, so I'm like, eh, if I didn't get it on that, it's, it can't be that important. <laughs> it's not that big, you know? right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the lyric that that I clocked every single time. My, my favorite lyric in the show Ooh. is in uh, uh, um, the Rainbow Tour Ooh. when sh- when she says, "Did you hear that? They called me a whore. They actually called me a whore." I, I like the, they actually called me a whore part because it feels like she's turning to the audience and she's like, "This is real. This right. is this was a fact." Yes. Yeah, it, it's like in Hamilton, like in Hamilton right? When he's like, "Yeah, that's when, true." He, he named the cat after him. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Like, yeah. no, no, they they actually called me a whore. Yeah, right. Yeah. It did it. Yeah, I love and, it. Yes, yeah. that's a good and has a good joke to follow it. A seniority around, it's an easy mistake. I'm still called an admiral, yet I gave up the sea long ago. You know, and that is a joke that I've been thinking about a lot too, because of the line preceding it. Mm-hmm. And it is a good joke, but it takes two lines too long to get to it. You know, well, and it takes With even the, longer yeah. in the concept album. Right, they right, add, right. Which I kind of almost prefer. Like, if you're going to take, if you're going to take that long, you should take. You should take the time. You sure. shouldn't try to trim it to like. Exactly. It should be a three line joke. Did you hear that? They called me a whore. They actually called me a whore. But Senora Peron, it's an easy mistake. I've had that trouble too. I'm still called an admiral, yet I gave up the sea long ago. 
But first, I think we should back up a little bit before we start pitting these recordings against each other. And I have to ask, yes. how did you how did you first discover Evita? I don't know how I first discovered it. I think I was just like a big Patti LuPone nut growing mm-hmm. up. Um, and this was just like a part of it. You know, the, the song that was always my way into the show was Buenos Aires. I think growing up, I like bought just that song on my little iPod shuffle. Mm -hmm. So that was like the song that I only had for years and years. And then eventually I finally listened to all of it. Um, And then some, at some point within the last five years, I just randomly became really obsessed. I found my mom's old uh, LP of the original concept album Mm -hmm. and I listened through it and I was like, Jesus, this shit, this is good. This is good (laughs) shit on this, you know? So, so then I went back and I, I became obsessed with the Broadway album. Them. And since then, there have just been a lot of Avita productions that I've yeah. been able to see. I mean, the City Center production I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's randomly like regional theaters recently that I've been in town for that I've gotten a chance to see. Um, I just really love the show. What yeah. about you? What was your first experience? My first exposure to it was on the um, Andrew Lloyd Webber premiere collection compilation mm. album, um, which everybody, every parent of people my age had. Um, mm. And this hat, which had the Julie Covington recording of Don't Cry for Me, Argentina, and Barbara Dixon's performance of Another Suitcase in Another Hall. And mm-hmm. because that was the one featured on that, I bought the CD to the concept album Got and it. loved it. And back when you only had, you know, this was the early 90s, I had <laughs> buying a double disc really put a dent into my like wallet. I sure. didn't get the Broadway version until much, much later. So my. Mm. And. What I find so fun about listening, it's one of the shows that I I collected recordings on because mm-hmm. it the, the the orchestration and things, the differences are very subtle between them. Yeah. They are not it's not like, oh, in this version they totally rewrote the orchestrations, or in this version they totally mm-hmm. redid this. Right. They they sort of cut and trimmed very, very delicately and adjusted mm-hmm. very, very delicately. So you can really hear the differences. Yeah, you, you find listen. that those small things really add up. Yeah. You know, and like you said, for, for the overall experience. And like mm. you said, the insecticide thing was the first big. It, can, the memory for me that's hilarious about this show is going to see the movie in high school mm. and seeing it with a bunch of people who knew musicals in the. Bro- like we all did shows together, but didn't know Evita. And so we're mm. watching the show and they really like the movie. But then the credits come up and it says, you know, Ava Peron, Madonna, Che. Antonio Banderas and everybody looked at me and was like Che why is he Che like what does that have to do with uh, Che because they, they never say his name so it's like he's yeah. just, it's just Antonio Banderas and right. I was like oh well it's Che Guevara in the Broadway production and the original concept album it is sort of Che Guevara I was like well there's mm. the big thing like they rewrote the like the lyrics to the ladies got potential because in that version he it's about an insecticide and my friends sure. all went oh god no it's not you're making that up so we went back to my house and I put on the album and pe- they just fell down laughing listening to oh the original god. lyrics of the ladies got potential yeah it is really uh, deeply unstageable oh. yeah it's how <laughs> prince was a genius unstageable i like that <laughs> my um uh, so <laughs> I, I've actually never seen the Evita movie. I listened to the soundtrack. Really? For this, oh, wow. But I've never seen the movie. Huh. Uh, and in college, I took for one of my history courses, uh, a Latin American history course. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we touched on uh, Argent- uh, Argentina history um, in the 20- uh, 
20th, 21st century. What century are we in now? We're in the 21st now we're in the, century. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in the 20th century. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, what time? Where am I? <laughs> I don't know. You am, am, I, am I outside? Um, <laughs> and uh, when when we reached uh, Ava Perone, um, my professor played uh, a clip from the movie. And I literally like stopped the entire class. Oh, and I wow. said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not when there is a perfectly great Tony Ward performance right. of, of Patti Lapone doing a new Argentina. Right. So I, I, you know, I, I was not hate crimed in that class, but you right. know, if, if I was, it would have made sense. It would have made sense. I would have been okay you. with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. I love the laziness of that too. I respect it. That's sort of like, and that is a movie about it. We can, we'll figure right, it out right, later. Right, 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 don't, exactly. don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. So let's pull up our, our ranking here. Our, our mm. brackets. So we've structured this like uh, the NCAA March Madness basketball <laughs> tournament, um, which is a reference all theater people will get. And sure. we are pitting these shows against each other in four categories. I've broken them down into studio albums, West End recordings, Broadway recordings, and world recordings, for one of a better term. And uh, since there's nine, not a nice even number, um, we have to do a play-in round. Um, and we're going to focus in on a couple of things. Billy and I each have songs and moments we specifically really care about in the show that we've sort of written down, and we'll be bringing those up as we go. And then, of course, we're, we're going to try to touch on with each recording uh, the big three Evita songs, which are the Ava songs specifically, which are Buenos Aires, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, and Rainbow High. And I'm really glad you recommended Rainbow High because I have Rainbow High thoughts on some of these recordings. Oh, that was boy, a, do I do. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Um, this one's going to go fast. So we'll start with this play-in round right here. <laughs> and let's talk about <laughs> the 1996 soundtracks uh, featuring Madonna and Antonio Banderas and Jonathan Price, and <laughs> inexplicably... <laughs> Disco Evita from 1979. <laughs> hey, this is so unfair to Disco Evita. Oh wait, right. I don't. I don't think I'm being unfair to Disco Evita at all. <laughs> I think I'm giving Disco Evita exactly what it deserves. <laughs> so, Disco Evita is. I, I cast album is is a, a very loose term yes, for it. Yes, we should be clear. Yes. Um, there are no male voices on it. it. It is just the one female voice mm-hmm. throughout the entire thing. No male thing. solos, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yes, yeah. yes, 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 exactly. Um, it is unhinged. It is. That is, of all of the recordings, that is the most unhinged. And it, But it's also not unhinged enough. Like, sure. <laughs> which is, I think, unfair... Because like now I have we have a gold standard for a disco theater album, which is Sondheim Disco, is, now available on Broadway Records. And... That's... With with the, the Ethel Merman disco album coming in a close second. True. Thank okay. Very very, yes. Very good point. Uh, but like that sort of like arrangement of like really making these disco songs. I mean, all they did was put a you know cut time beat behind right. these things, and it's like the laziest remixes you've ever heard. Right. Exactly. There's not yeah. enough of of a camp element, enough of an understanding of what they're doing, um, and they're so long. And- they're so long. So well, that's long. the thing. I can see myself dancing to them, but also being like, if I was like high off my ass in Studio 54 in 1978, right. yeah. listening to this, I think I would still be confused. Yes, I agree. I would be like, this is not fun. No. And these no. lyrics are weird. And they rewrote some of the lyrics and mixed a couple songs together in a kind of very Yeah, what was way. the one song? Oh, Rain- Rainbow High. Yeah. They changed the lyrics. Yes, yep. they did. Instead yeah. of... Um, made on his off and rolling. Oh, 
mouth, figure, dress, voice, style, movement, hands, magic, ring, glamour, face, dialogues. I came from the people. Did they added different verbs and adjectives and things? Yeah. smile really like yeah gets you i will say i will say of all the avita recordings i will say that this one has the best uh sibilant s's mm, okay an award a for nice, a sibilant s a nice strong s on dress and <laughs> caress that you can only pull off on a disco album yes on that long good for them good for them points uh and that does include if you're really interested in listening to this you can find it on youtube um mm. ava's theme Lady Woman, which is an original song written for this LP. Um, <laughs> that is really just them saying, Lady Woman, why you gotta be so pretty over and over again. Sure, <laughs> it's sure, just, sure. It's so, it's so specific, Ava <laughs> <Yeah>. Perone. You, <laughs> you couldn't take that out of the album. No, yeah. no, no, no. It you, you, doesn't make sense out of context. Out of context, yeah. it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think that... <laughs> I think we'll 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 move it forward here, and we'll move. Are we clear, uh, agreed to move the soundtrack out of? Uh, I think so. Into the winning thank you position. For your, yes. Thank you for your service, Disco. Thank you for Vita. your service, Disco Vita. You yeah. you 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 walked so so many others could run. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So let's. Uh, which one? Which grouping here do we want to hit first? Where do you want to start? Do you want to start in the studio, West End, Broadway, or the I think, world? I think we can start with the studio. Okay, so we'll stay where we are, and we have yeah. now the 1996 soundtrack with Madonna and Jonathan Price and um, Antonio Banderas up against the 1976 concept album starring Julie Covington, Colm Wilkinson, and Paul Jones. And mm. uh, this was my my entrevue into this uh, this world. And I will say, if I'm going to throw Evita in, this is the one I'm going to listen to. The the concept the album. The concept album, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is so deeply concept album, yes. and that is what makes it work. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. it is. it knows exactly what it is, which, quite honestly, a lot of these Evitas do not. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and, yeah, I mean, Julie Covington sings the Oh, God, doesn't she? Doesn't she? The hell out of it. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It, it it's is, interesting. Yeah. She And she never played the role afterwards. No, she turned it down. Um, yeah. Because she says she didn't like Ava Perone and feels she yeah. has to like characters she played, uh, which I guess is fair. Um, mm. I'm, ki- I'm kind of glad she did turn it down for that reason, because I think that, that led to them softening the character a little bit for sure. the West End production and uh, for Elaine Page to play it. And also Elaine Page, you know, like, sure. God bless. She should absolutely do sure. it. Um, mm-hmm. what, do you, what did you think of, uh, about uh, Colm Wilkinson's chain? <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> Inappropriate? That's, miscast, maybe, would be a word. I... I um... He is certainly serving us Colm Wilkinson. Yes, he is. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, to to me, this recording is truly all about the Ava material. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I like Paul Jones. I, I like Paul sure, Jones. Sure, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. But but I don't think either of those characters really came into their owns until we mm-hmm. had really great male performers taking them on. You know. Well, until um, Hal Prince came in and said, "Guys, this right. has to be a show." Like, you know, right. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. and understanding, you know, because in a concept album, right, the the chase stuff is narrated merely because it's narrated. Mm -hmm. But then once it's on stage, you know, all right, now we actually have to have a dramaturgical reason as to why this character is narrating yes. the story. You know, yes. and it it just makes the character and the performance so much richer for it in a way that you know, actually probably does more of a disservice to Colm Wilkinson, right? Mm -hmm. um, because he is not really given much of anything to act. He is giving exposition for two hours. Well, and um, he, he does also have to say and sell the word insecticide seven or eight times. But Ava's not the only one who's getting the breaks. I'm a research chemist who's got what it takes. And my insecticide's gonna be a bestseller. Yeah, they don't teach that at BFA programs. No, and not anymore. Not anymore. They used to used to be yeah. well. Maybe it was in his Irish primary school that was right, sort of right, standard. Exactly. Right. How exactly. do you sing the word insecticide? Um, right. Which is, I will say, at this point, a true story, a facet of Che Guevara. Like the 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 bit they try to do, like Tim Rice seems to be trying to do with Che Guevara, is establish that like Che Guevara was a good capitalist until. Mm. He couldn't get his insecticide marketed, and then he became right. a communist. Like it seems, he could because he, yeah, when he he does bring the insecticide to Evita at one point, and she like kicks him out, and it's like we right. we, we can't do this right now. And it's not, I mean, not only is it not a one to one, it's just dumb. Like it doesn't really go anywhere. Right? They, they yeah, they really like put all their eggs into the basket of like this is the villain origin story. Here. Yeah, it's like this this is our Joker. Right? It's like no, no, I, I don't know. I don't think so. No, it doesn't. Certainly not. And I think again, I would say I would like to believe they knew it didn't work, but I would more likely it's like Hal Prince being I don't get it. Like let's just have him be Che Guevara and yeah. Cool. I, I read I read Angela Weber's. Um, a memoir a couple of years ago and mm. I actually really liked it. Um, and, um, you know, it didn't, it didn't touch upon his career as a DJ, but you know, maybe that'll be the sequel. Um, <laughs> but, uh, can you imagine if you played the disco album outside of, uh, Phantoms reopening oh recently? God. That's another story. Oh my God. But, but, um, but that, but that was a big Hal Prince stipulation, right? He just like completely did not get the insecticide. Yeah. Uh, it was one of his, he, he had like, a bunch of, of yep. things that like were, if I'm going to do this, this is, well, he had a bunch of notes mm -hmm. and then some of those notes became deal breakers when they started to talk to him about actually doing it. Right. And, and initially yeah. those notes that scared them away mm -hmm. for two years Yeah, while they were working on the album. Yeah. Right. They um, were, yes, they, cause they sent him. I don't remember if they sent him the like acetate recordings or something, but they sent him it in progress. And then, yeah, he had this mm -hmm. litany of these things that he wanted to do differently. And yep. they, I think, and they were like, "We need to focus on the album, right?" Like, and also, I think it was probably down. it was probably too much. Like he probably just like yeah. overloaded them. And like you know how it is when you get note, lots of notes, you go, mm, "No, my show's right. good," you know, and you kind of retreat a little right. bit. And luckily, they were smart enough to be like, well, he probably knows what he's talking about. And then... Right, right, right. Right, <laughs> right Well, and, you know, then after the album, you know, came out, and they, they yeah. went back to his office, you know, unannounced, too. I, right. They I was just watching up. an interview with Hal Prince 
recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he mentioned that. I thought that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine having the audacity to show up to Hal Prince's office unannounced? Yeah. Unannounced. Unannounced. You're like, listen, like, Hal, we're yeah. big in Britain. And they, I mean, because, uh, you know, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina off this album was a huge hit. There was it. a big kerfuffle when uh, Elaine Page was cast. We'll get to that in a minute on the West End mm-hmm. because there was this whole, like, who's going to play Evita, this big hit song, this big thing. And it was, Elaine Page was unknown. And mm-hmm. in just like this, she did this in 78, and then she did Cats in 81, and she was no longer right. an unknown in right. <laughs> in the West End at all. Right, um, exactly. So the it's other the st- kind of thing where I don't think Evita works when you do have a star in it anymore, you know? Oh, interesting. I think, I think that's a big part of why Madonna did not work in the role, at, at least, you know, to well, me. Let's, um, let's transition here to talking sure. about Madonna in the role. Um, this was one of those funny pieces of casting to me that I thought was painfully obvious, but apparently people were shocked when she was cast in this part. Mm. I I remember mm. having a similar conversation with somebody before Batman Returns come out when I was a, when I was a younger child. And mm. they're being like, oh, it's going to be the Penguin. I wonder who it's going to be. And I was like, it's going to be Danny DeVito. And they're like, no, it won't right. be Danny DeVito. I'm like, why wouldn't it be Danny? He's, he's a big star and he's really short. Why sure. wouldn't it be Danny DeVito? <laughs> and I sort of felt the same way about Ava Perone. I was like, it's going to be Yeah, those, those, two roles are often, those two roles are often compared to each often other. Often discussed, yes, yeah. yes, the Penguin yeah, and, and Ava Perone. They're, they're in conversation yes, with each other. Yes, they are, with Certainly. each other, yes. Yes, yeah, so, but yeah. I, but I still sort of think that Danny DeVito would have made an excellent Ava Perone, and um, it's a shame he didn't get the the chance. It's not it's not too late. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely no. Not. It's far too early. I think actually. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah, so what did I, you no, think so, of? No, yeah. why do you, well why why do you think her casting was obvious? Because she was a huge star, and because sure. her whole powerful sexual womanhood image. Mm. works in ta- if you don't look too if you're 16 you don't look too closely works sure. in tandem with Ava Perone and I was just like yeah sure. it'll be the powerful sexual woman that's who it's sure. got to be and we've that's only fair. it's, it's mid 90s and we've only got one so like here's sure. she, you know sure. who can sing we also had Demi Moore but she she can't sing and that is fair it mm. it's a uh, so I just thought a lot, was, a lot of a lot of women had done screen tests though for it. I know over, Michelle you know, Pfeiffer tenure, right? was a big one. Michelle, at one point. Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer's demo is floating around. Yeah, Liza Minnelli famously oh did a screen test in a blonde wig. Can you? There's no footage that exists. Can you Tragic. imagine? Can you imagine? Liza I Minnelli. I can. Oof. I truly can. And it would have been uh, unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's good. It would have been unhealthy. Uh, but so you don't think Madonna is successful as as Ava Perone? Well, she can't sing it. She can't sing. I mean, Madonna, yeah. it, it's funny that you say, you know, the, the powerful, sexy woman who can sing from the mm-hmm. 90s. Because I don't think Madonna was ever a vocalist. Now, mind you, I, I was not around during Madonna's heyday. And I'm mm-hmm. a big Madonna fan. But in spite of that, I don't think she is a vocalist. I mean, she can perform. Um, and she can put on a good show, but it really is always about the show and the performance. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, maybe that is, you know, uh, suitable for the role of Ava Perone, right? Is that this, she was this woman, this actress who like actually maybe wasn't really that talented, wasn't that special, but she knew the tools she had and she knew how to use it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so in that case, maybe it works. But yeah. um, but it's a shame that she couldn't sing the end of Rainbow High. Because you ought to know what's going to get in me just a Touch it, just a little touch of Argentina's brand of 
dark quality. I think it's one of those things where I don't ever listen to the soundtrack, but I think mm. if you watch the movie, you will appreciate her performance. Um, yeah. The thing they do to the movie that I do not, I know why they do it, but I, I still don't like it, is I don't like giving her another suitcase and another hall. I don't like, yeah. they really try to sensitize Ava in the movie and make her very, mm-hmm. very likable. And I'm like, part of the fun of the show is she's not likable. She's... Right. You know, she just she's out doing her thing. And that's exactly that's the fun of it to me. One of the fun things about it. And well, exactly. And and how often I mean, that's what why it's such a great female character is there are so few leading female characters who are allowed to revel in their evilness mm-hmm. and their boldness. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, especially at that time. That's why it was just so cool. There's so much power in that. And the um, wild hypocrisy. Yeah. I mean, it's just the yep. wild hypocrisy is just, and it's it works because the character never questions it. We never have to like exactly. it. And that's exactly. why the stage productions that do You Must Love Me are worse than the stage productions that don't. 100%. 100%. Man, we don't need it. We don't, we don't need, need it. it. It is such a handbrake like, pull yeah. in, in the show. And as we get to the recordings that have it, uh, which unfortunately or fortunately are both performed by the same uh, same actress. It's yeah. it's just not yeah. It doesn't it doesn't need to be there. It, it's it's not good no, in the movie. So why would it be good exact, in the stage show? Yeah, her getting her getting cancer is not like connected to her behavior, right? Right. It's the thing. It's not a punishment. So it's, it's that's not exactly yeah. exactly. That is merely what happens. So yeah. it's like I don't know if that's why I feel for her. And it's you not. Know? You don't need the love story of Juan Perón and Ava Perón comes mm. out in the stage musical during God. It's called different things on different albums, but the mm. it's it's late in Act Two. Hang on, let me pull it up here. Um, it's Dice when, are Rolling. Uh, yes, when when yeah. she wants to be vice president. Yes, and, where yeah, she sings yeah. the word vice president over and over again. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> and that song is not called vice president. It should be. It should be called Dice Rolling. Call me shocked. Parentheses yeah. vice, vice president. president. Yeah, exactly. Um, where he, like, you suddenly realize how much Juan Perón loves her, like, really worries about her in that moment. And, like, she's mm-hmm. still doing her full, like, fighting, strong, yep. climb every mountain kind of person. And... Our empathy comes through Juan Perón, who, who yep. like, you're like, oh, you really care about her. Like, you guys yeah. used to always, like, this relationship always felt very transactional. And mm-hmm. now, like, all of a sudden, you know, and it's very telling to me that the line that makes him flip out is when she says, even if I am ill, you could possibly use it to your advantage. And he, like, right. goes bonkers on that, which is the appropriate response. So right. I don't need you must love me. I have a moment built in here where exactly. I'm going to care because Juan, Juan Peron cares. And Che is exactly. gone at that point. Like we're, we're now just focusing in on these two people and yeah. the, tr- the, the sort of weirdness of, like, of their relationship really comes out. And it's, it's again. Right. Absol- absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's the kind of musical I love, right, is, is the dealing with the personal versus the private, right? Mm-hmm. And to see how you know, how their relationship holds up behind closed doors. I mean, how she is exactly the same person outside as she is inside yeah. and where that's, oh, and yeah. that's, and where it's not really the case for him. Yeah. That's a really cool. Um, right. Because there's you know, no, there's no scene, dynamic. There's yeah. no scene of him seducing or manipulating her. She does all yep. the manipulating. I mean, the opening to right. new Argentina with the great, yep. the thing that is constant through all the recordings. And it's a great moment is the, all you have 
to do is sit and wait Keeping out of everybody's way We'll You'll be handed power on a plate When the ones who matter have their say And with chaos installed You can reluctantly agree to be called It's, it's, it's it's so Lady Macbeth. It it's is. so, I mean, that, that moment specifically too, it's like so on the nose, but it's so correct. It is yes. so just like it's a Vita in a nutshell, yes. you know? It yeah. is. It's really, but really great. The The film soundtrack is so, for me, the big issue is just how 90s it is in mm-hmm. the production. Mm-hmm. I mean, Buenos Aires is mixed and arranged like a Gloria Stefan song. What's new? When is which is just so incorrect i mean it's just so of the time you know mm-hmm. and like another suitcase in another hall has that stupid sax solo that makes yep. it sound like careless whisper And the ladies got potential sounds like ABBA See, for some reason. Now, I it's, love that. I was going to say that's the moment that, that validates the whole thing for me is the yeah. rewrite of ladies got potential to replace sure. the art of the possible, which is without question my least favorite song. And like, it, it, in, is that, in that right? Show. Oh, yeah. I love that song. I, I, I love it. I love how weird it is. I love the musical chairs. So staging. long. It's so, oh, it so is so long. long. That's what I love. Do you really? I love a long song. Slow, Long, slow song in the middle of Act smart One. Smart song about about Argentinian politics. Oh, I think man. every musical needs that. One has no rules. Is not precise. One really acts the same way twice. One spurns no device. Practicing the art. Ah, uh, I like the big. I like the 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 way the ladies got potential gets sure. us like the whole. It keeps the momentum going and blows us up a little bit. Like it, it goes like this is the whole big thing that's happening in Argentina yeah. right now. In June of '43, there was a military coup. Behind it was a gang called the GOU, who did not feel that need to be elected. Themselves a body at the point of a gun that was lightly to the right of a till of their hand. A bomb or two and very few objectives. Yeah, just one show and governments fall like flies. Goodbye, they stumble and fall. Bye bye, back to the wall. Bullet Room. 
my my reasoning for liking uh, the art of the possible more is because there is no other song in the score that sounds like that song. True. Whereas the ladies got potential kind of has the same energy as the rest of the score. Mm-hmm. So anytime I listen through, it sort of like fades into the background for me. Whereas like mm. art of the possible comes on and I'm like, Ooh, what is this weird thing bum, happening? Bum, you know? Bum, yeah. Oh, it's just so, yeah. Slow. Well, but it's slow. It's slow. It's slow and boring. So I think, and we love it. But I love it. <laughs> um, so I think we're confident moving the concept album up around here over yeah. the soundtrack. Okay. Yep. All yep. right. I think the the concept album just has a little bit more, little bit more. As, Madonna, as Madonna once said, yeah. star quality. Ooh, star quality. That's just good. spoken. It's a terrible just, ending. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now we're, let's go over to the world. For a little bit here, let's hop down sure. to Australia and the uh, the 1980 Australia and the 1989 World Tour cast. Um, these were interesting listens. These were the two I didn't know. Um, yeah, same. And I had heard great things about Florence Lacey in the World Tour album, mm. um, and uh, I don't have a lot to say. About either of them, to be I was, entirely I was frank. About, I was about to say, it was like I, I, as I was listening, I was like, I hope he has something to say about these two because I have nothing. These, these are the two that really faded into each other mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, I think Florence Lacey uh, is a really interesting listen. She sounds a lot like Betty Buckley, so it's cool because it sounds like what might Betty Buckley sound like in this role, right? Um, so I would give that one the slight edge. Um. But outside of that, there is really nothing particularly special about either. Is James Botto, who plays Che in the world recording, the one who kind of sounds like Lin-Manuel Miranda? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this some type Why all this howling hysterical sorrow? Yeah, that, that, uh, that one's the world. That's big. Uh, this is the world cast recording, yeah. And that is... Big Lin Manuel energy. He's bringing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Which yeah. Really was distracting. <laughs> yeah. Definitely sounds like a student production at Wesleyan. Yeah. 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 It is funny. Did you find listening to these? Because most of these are highlights albums. Like the yes. which I found was interesting. And and I'll tell you what, having to listen to all of them for this, uh, I appreciated that they were highlights albums. Yeah. Amen. Um, but it was interesting the songs that each highlights album shows right because they're not all the same because they're not all exactly the same and like you know they've all got buenos aires they've all got new argentina though the Mm. the west end recording really truncates new argentina which is weird um they've all got rainbow high but you know they they sort of pick and choose like the one of them has ava's final broadcast on it one of them has um the the, uh what's the other weird one that was included somewhere in that Oh, I'd be surprisingly good for you. It kind of pops in at different spots. Yeah. Good night and thank you is not she, on all of them. It's she's a, a diamond is on some of yeah. them. And not on the, yeah, exactly. It's a very odd... Oh, and the edits are all slightly different. So, yeah. It's yeah, I'm very lesson. curious if, if Angela Weber was involved in the making of uh, those choices, especially for the two world uh, mm-hmm. albums, mm-hmm. Um, just because they feel a little um, sloppy. For that reason, they do. Yeah. That's a very good and, word and, for and them. I, and I don't, and I don't, and I don't think that he would have made those exact same choices, just knowing how hands-on he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the Australian Che, I was 
uh, struck by during his the money kept rolling in. Mm-hmm. He did not do any falsetto, which was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, huge. Instead letdown. of going, ah, he just goes, oh, it was it was a little sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the tempo was like cocaine level. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Ava's pretty hands reached out and they reached wide. Now you may feel it should have been a voluntary cause, but that's not the point, my friend. When the money keeps rolling in, you don't ask how. Think of all the people gonna see some good times now. Ava's called the hungry to her, opened up the doors. Never been a fun like the foundation, Ava Like they couldn't fit it on the LP. Exactly. It really exactly. felt like it was rushed through. A lot of them on there are Australian. Like they're, they, they, which is only highlighted by the fact that they have the whole Requiem at the beginning, right. which I, right. great, I don't care. And then right. a lot of music breaks, like yep. full long yep. music breaks. And so, but then like we're doing, you know, Rainbow High, Money Kept Rolling In, and Good Night and Thank You at breakneck paces. And I'm just like, right. we don't need guys there's a better way (laughs) right exactly exactly there's a better way yeah i would put florence lacy as the sort of deciding factor of these between these two they are really very similar and i would kick i I would kick forward the the world tour for her performance her don't cry for me argentina is really good don't cry for me Her Rainbow High is, uh, between these two, better. <laughs> yes, 100%. 100%. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. she has a really cool, interesting star quality vibe to her. Mm-hmm. Just a little yep. touch of star quality, yes. Just a little, just, just a touch. A, just a touch. Let's pop over to the West End here and look at two sure. highlights albums, um, two wildly different highlights albums. Um, Correct. With uh, and, and spaced very far apart. We've got uh, the 1978 original West End with Elaine Page, David Essex, and Joss Ackland. And the 2006 mm. with Elena Roger, um, Matt Rawl, and Philip Quast. Philip Quast, mm. he, uh, he of the world Javert. Yes, um, of course. That's the Les Mis album I grew up with. Yeah. He, the, is, my, he is my Javert. And, and when it comes to playing Juan Perón, he's a hell of a Javert. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, that's all we can ask for in this line. So this is actually, let me ask you a question that I've been thinking about yeah. for a long time about Evita specifically. Mm-hmm. On most albums, and obviously Elena Roger is Spanish, I think. Um, she is Argentinian. She is Argentinian. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. So she has, when she sings in English, an Argentinian accent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that aside, most of the albums you have, you know, Patti Lapone uh, and... Elaine Page and uh, Julie Covington, no accent. Uh, Mandy right. Patinkin does some accent work. We'll talk about that in a minute. But for the most sure. part, he's just Mandy Patinkin, David Essex, Colm Wilkinson using their regular voices. But right. except for Paul Jones, who does it on the concept album, what is it about Juan Perón that makes people like Bob Gunton, Michael Cerveris, and Philip Quast go, yeah, I can do a, a Argentinian accent. I should do that for I- this character. <laughs> But it always comes across as just like fancy, like that's what they're going for. Like it, it never reads as Argentinian. 
you know, not that I guess a lot of people don't really know what an Argentinian accent sounds like, but I don't think it sounds like Michael Server is doing a British accent. Yeah. I really don't, you know. <laughs> He ends up sounding. God bless them all. He does, but he ends up sounding like Bruce Bechtel more than he sounds like Juan Perón to me. Well, once we get to that, we we will yes, have to make a case will. on how that is Michael Cerveris at his most Michael Cerveris. Yes, yeah. peak Michael Cerveris. Uh, but right, st- sticking but, with the West End for a second, I yeah. yeah, I found so the two. I really like the the seventy eight recording. Um, mm. I I like Elaine Page a lot. I am not a huge David Essex fan as Che though. Sure. I find yeah. that to be a little bit one one thing that Colm Wilkinson kind of establishes and then Mandy Patinkin picks up and runs with is that Che can be a little manic and a little yes. crazy and it injects this other from this like stoic Juan Perón and this focused Ava Perón, you have this man- maniacal force kind of running around them. And, and also shows us that he's not a, a super trustworthy narrator. Right. As well. And David yeah. Essex is sort of playing the rock aspect of this a lot and yeah. not the – I don't get a lot of character out of his check. Right. It's not as much as right. I want. It, it, it still feels a little rooted in concept album at that point. Tell me before I waltz out of your life, before turning my back on the past. Forgive my impertinent behavior, but how long do you think this pantomime will last? Tell me before I ride off in the sunset There's one thing I never got clear How can you claim you're our savior When those who oppose you are stepped on or cut up or simply disappear I think that the highlights, the 1978 highlights album specifically to me the arrangements feel a little threadbare, especially yeah. coming right after the concept album, um, with this the which massive, is the London, you know, Symphony, London Symphony Orchestra. Exactly. Yeah, and it's the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like it, and I don't think it is the case, but it sounds like a four-piece band on that album. It does. You know? It feels like you know. You know what it sounds like a lot is the. It's like listening to the Les Mis original London cast recording sure. after listening to yeah. the complete symphonic recording, and you're like, I like that recording. And the original Broadway, I like the synthesizers. I like all that vibe for it because I was seven mm-hmm. when that show came out. But like, right. inarguably, the score sounds better with the symphony orchestra. <laughs> like, it's just it's it's so lavish and lush. It's so, and, yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And for that reason, I would actually give a slight edge to the newer recording, the 2006 recording, mm. um, because I think that orchestra is sensational on it. There is evil. Yeah, you know, I think the horns sound better than they have on any other album uh, on that one. Mm. Um, and uh, I mean, I, it's it's deeply British is the thing. The 2006 album. Yes. More so than the other Western album. Like it just feels so British. It feels like everybody's in a panto. Mm hmm. But the orchestration, I think, just sounds so uh, alive to me on that album. Well, And I think that however it's recorded is not doing Elaine Page a lot of favors for the hits. Mm. The yep. Don't Cry For Me Argentina is fine, but like her Buenos Aires feels like it was take two and they were like, that's enough. Take me in, let your blood, give me speed, give me light, send me humping. 
doesn't yep. I feel like she gave a better performance of that song and yeah it feels like they have the studio for half a day yeah they're and, like let's just see what we can do let's and go. and and like um and with rainbow high it just doesn't feel like any kind of special performance to me it doesn't feel again like I feel like she gave a better performance on stage and like you say they yeah just were like let's just do this and so we can sell it in the lobby um exactly and it's a bummer to me because she's such a cool weird performer yeah but her but the but the the star quality to me it just doesn't read on that album but like i mean my favorite moments the when oh what a circus picks up the tempo there's nothing really special and how the the band comes back in on and the money kept rolling in and out which is one of my favorite moments in the whole show Mm. it is they're they're just kind of you know, first take, best take vibes to them. And that's very exactly, disappointing. Yeah. Exactly. And Buenos Aires is so underwhelming. Yeah. I mean, it, it truly just, there's, there's no horns. There's yeah. It's a, it was, it, that was a bummer to me because yeah. I've never listened to that album through. I've heard her rainbow high a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, for, for the follow-up to the concept album. Right. Um, it, it's, it's a bit of a bummer. Poor. Yeah. And I, I, I enjoyed the 2006 London recording specifically I, I can't I it this listening to that was the only one of the new albums I listened to that had a moment where it, it made me jump like sit up and pay attention and, and what it was is, the moment it's the key change in Rainbow High which is oh a a moment that I like I think is great. It's one of my, it is, it, it's not my favorite moment in the show, but it's way up there of the, like, it's, it's probably one of my favorites. That yeah. key change it's, is so beautiful. Like it is yeah. such a organic Thrilling. moving and like th- letting her lead it with, with the vocal and, and you know, it's just so great. And yeah. in that specific recording, the way Elena, I keep saying Roger, but I'm afraid it's like Roger or something, but Elena Roger, uh, um, takes it to that next level is just there's something and it's and it's and i can only say it's so special on this recording because she doesn't do it on the 2012 recording so there's something about the way it was arranged or the way they did it on this but like let me find it and play it so gorgeous yeah it's so she really gorgeous. goes for it yeah. she goes for it and she has the voice to sustain it i mean she really like it effort, effortlessly well, she flipped. she had it in 2006 she had it in, well yeah. maybe that's the thing like after doing it in in yeah. 2006 or however many shows she didn't have it again in 2012 and yeah she's not bad on yeah. that recording but well that was to me i remember and i guess that's a pretty early uh, memory of Evita for me was that 2012 revival coming out when I wasn't really familiar with the show mm-hmm. and being kind of turned off by her like eight seconds of a solo she did on the Tonys. Wow. Where okay. I, 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 what was the line? 
Oh, I think it was the screw the middle class. It was it, yeah. it was one of those like weird, just like angry lines. Yeah, I have to go back and watch the the recording. And then they give the the performance to Ricky Martin, and it's fine. Right. But like I saw that, and I was like, oh, okay, now I get why she wasn't nominated. Like that was weird, and it just did not sound good. And maybe it was an off night. God bless her. Mm-hmm. But so then when I went back and listened to this 2006 recording for the first time, I was like, okay, I see like why they had to bring her to the state. It's, it's she sounds really good. I think I think we're saying, Billy, that the 2006 London cast recording is defeating the original West End cast recording. Is that what we're saying? I'm I'm so sorry, Elaine Page. I this really is an am. upset. Oh my goodness! I really I'm am. with you. I'm agreeing we with did, you. We just yeah. got to keep the listeners on the edge of the I seats, tell you what, baby. yeah, nobody saw that coming. Oh my god! Exactly. Man, so many people just lost their office pools. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Speaking of the 2012 Broadway recording, let's hop over to Broadway, and. Mm. Michael Cerveris and Ricky Martin as uh, as Che and uh, Michael Cerveris obviously as Juan Perón and uh, Elena Roger again as Evita. This is a full recording. Yes, um, the whole show. the The first full recording, right? Since, I think even since the original since the Broadway. Broadway production, yeah, sure. yeah which is this sure. is now pitted against the the Mandy yep. Patinkin, Patty Lapone, and and, sure. and 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 Bob Gunton. Um, yeah, I got to say, I think the word for 2012 is underwhelming. Sure. It's, yep. I was, I had really, I remember, like you, like you, I remember when this was was out and I remember the sort of like general skepticism about Ricky Martin and mm-hmm. I was opposed to that on principle. I was like, no, let the man mm-hmm. do the part and like, let's judge it on its merits. And I was like, a Michael Service is good. I'm sure his Juan Perón is good. And Neither of those things is true. I don't – I think that at least – you know what? Ricky Martin, I feel like, is holding back. Sure. And I yeah. don't know if that's him or the director or who. But, like, I feel like if he was let loose a little bit and could, like, loosen up into the part – That's the thing. It doesn't feel like he's really, like, allowed to be a pop star. Yeah. In the, in the way that, like, Mandy Patinkin was, who is decidedly not a pop star, no. you know? And I wonder how much um, of that is the movie, because he's doing right. a very Antonio Banderas yes. thing. Very where, dashing, leading man yeah. style check. I flying adored, so young, the instant queen, a rich, beautiful thing of all the talents. A cross between a fantasy of the bedroom and a saint And you were just a backstreet girl Hustling and fighting, scratching and biting Yeah, he's like, this is like Che the Bachelor. Yeah, you know, I I would certainly swipe right for this Che, like no question. Oh, that picture um, of him on the cover is, you know, oh, why a lot on. of us are here. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That chest. Yes. Hello. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Absolutely. The suspenders. God. It all works. The mustache. It, oh, it's, it's all good. Lauren Bacall, me, Ricky Martin. <laughs> <laughs> but so let's also talk about Michael Cerveris and how Michael Cerveris, this Michael Cerveris. <laughs> yeah. He, it's that's, pretty, it's pretty. that's my main note. It's he's Michael Cerveris. <laughs> he really is. There is a moment. But he was the one who got nominated, right? But of course he did. Like, of course. First of all, it's it's supporting actor. Yeah. And second of all, it's Michael Cerveris. Like, he will get nominated in whatever he does, and because it's I'm I am sure 
in the theater, especially, it's there's he's very electrifying. He's a yeah. you can't take your eyes off him kind of performer. And you know, you know, learn your lines and don't bump into the furniture, and he'll probably get nominated for something. Right. Well, you know, amen. It probably amen. just works out. And he does he does a very good job in She's a Diamond, um, sure. which sure. is Perone's big vulnerable moment. But I don't for in the again. This might be the way it's recorded. Who knows what it was like in the theater? But I don't believe for a minute that he's a malicious, fascist lord, ruler. But on the other hand, she's all they have. She's a diamond in their dull gray lives. And that's the hardest kind of stone. It usually survives. And if you think about it, can you recall the last time they loved anyone at all? Well, I get, I get, I get the creep element of him mm-hmm. um, for sure, but I, I don't get the the like suave, dashing populist thing. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't see him, you know, uh, standing in front of a crowd of thousands um, and and uh, staking his claim. Um, and, and for that reason, I also was sort of, uh, affected by his, she's a diamond, um, because, you know, we have the, the creep element that you can't really sort of like latch onto. So then when you see the human side, it really landed for this recording for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, but, but he's, he's doing his thing. He's doing what he, what he gets paid for. (laughs) It feels kind of rudderless. The whole thing feels like it is not, there's not a steady hand at the wheel. Um, Sure. Unlike the original Broadway production, sure, which the, I mean, the steadiest of hands, um, truly, just so deeply singular. So you know? sometimes far too steady. Uh, not on this, but on other shows. Well, <laughs> that's you know. Are, are are you doing a Doll's Life uh, cage match? Oh next? man, that'd that? be so great! I have the script to that. I think a Doll's Life. Oh, is do you hilarious. really? I love a Doll's Life. Yeah, Condom and <laughs> Green. That's who you want to do the the Ibsen music. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, oh but. Yeah, so the I mean, what can you say about the original Broadway production that isn't? I mean, Maddie Patinkin and Patty Lapone for crying out loud! Yeah. The show that made I mean, them stars. Perfect. Yeah, it truly. Yeah, it is, mm-hmm. and I think that everybody who's done the show since has been chasing those two performances. Yeah, like it is. There is a that that's a, that's Ava and Che. There's no right. like everything will be compared to them, and it will be compared to them for a reason. Like they're yeah. they're really good yeah. and they're really compelling. And Mandy Patinkin gets to be Mandy Patinkin, you know. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, the- well, that, that's the thing. There, there is an element of messiness to it that yeah. feels just so so singular and and star making in the way that like we don't teach young female performers to be. Uh, Patty Lapone as Evita anymore mm-hmm. is the thing. It is just so uh, singular. It's it's a performance that nobody else can give. You know, mm-hmm. um, for for one reason or not. You know, is is it written that way, or is it because she's performing it that way? I mean, maybe it is just because she's performing it that way. But um, but it's just so special. It really is. Like even you know, as someone who really knows this recording, going back to listen to it again, you know, for homework, I was just like. She just gets it. It's just weird and correct. Take me in, it's your blood. Give me speed, give me life, let me coming. Shoot me up with your blood, find me up with your knife, watch me coming. All I want is a whole lot of 
excess Tell the singer this is where I'm playing Stand back where the fight is Because you ought to know what you're gonna get in me Just a little touch of star quality and it perfectly offsets what Mandy Patinkin is doing. I mean, yeah. again, it's the like the 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 control that Patty Lapone brings to that character, who is yeah. manic but never out of control. She's always yeah. like laser focused on what she's doing, and when she sings the moments like the two lines where she really shines is um, mm-hmm. at the end of Rainbow Tour. What the hell does the King of England think he is? Of some tin pot castle of his. What kind of invitation is that? Argentina's first lady deserves Buckingham Palace. If England can do without me, then Argentina can do without England. It takes you a minute to realize how silly what she just said was. You know, right. like it's right. sure the joke sure. comes later because you're like, oh. Oh well, he's he's the king of England. Like it's kind right. of right, but kind of she a big so deal. believes it. You're absolutely right, and right. she ta- she and the so other one it. that she really sells is the really haunting line that Ava has in Walter Ava and Che. Oh, what I'd give for a hundred years, but the physical interferes every day more of my creator. Now, I will say, I love Mandy Patinkin. I'm on record saying I love mm-hmm. Mandy Patinkin. I love almost everything he does. But him and the, his choices in the in Rainbow Door. Yeah, there are. It's it's it's, it's the Italian accent for me. It's <laughs> That's where it gets when he's yeah. doing Chico Marx. That's where you, yeah. you lose it. Yeah. Now I don't like the spoil the story. But the nose from the wrong is not so good. She hasn't gone down the leg with all she would. Italy is an economics by Argentine glory. They equate a on with a Mussolini. Can't think of why. He's. <laughs> He, he is really like, damn it! They will they'll let me host SNL one day. Oh, I swear. God. I don't know why they let him do that. I really, really don't. It it, it feels is... to me like the kind of thing where like Hal Prince was like in the bathroom for five minutes during the recording session, and Mandy Patinkin was like, "Let me go to the booth. Let me go to the booth. Yeah, this right. is my moment. Please, let me do it." It is like in every show he does, there is one moment where he is like he's going to go too far. In in Sunny in the Park with George, it's the day off. Being alone on Sunday, rolling around in mud and dirt. Begging a bum on Sunday, settling for a spoiled dessert. Everything's worth it Sunday, the day off. Right. It's the whole thing in Wild Party. On stage and off. In um in the Follies concert, when he the way he does God Why Don't You Love Me Blues. She says she really loves me. I love him. She says, she says she really cares. I care, I care. She says that I'm her hero. He's my hero. 
good, she says. I'm perfect, she swears. He's perfect, goddammit. She says that if we parted, if we parted, she says, she says that she'd be sick. Oh, God, I'm sick. She says she's mine forever, forever. She says, I gotta get out of here quick. But again, I think, I've said this before on the, on on the on the main podcast, not on this podcast, mm-hmm. Cast Album Cage Match, but on one of the other <laughs> podcasts that we're nestled into, like a like a, protru- mm-hmm. uh, a Russian nesting doll. But um, is that there are we like I like actors who make choices, and yeah. Manny Patinkin is a choice. Like yeah. he's he's like Alice Ripley that way. Like it's just that's yeah. the choice you've made. The choice you've cast Manny Patinkin and right. You that's get what the you thing. Get. That, yeah. And and that's not this whole album, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and why like those world albums and a lot of these other albums like do not really do it for me is just because bold choices are not being made, right? Yeah. They are sung perfectly well, you know, perfectly safe. But I like my Evita weird and messy. You know, and it's yeah, you know, it's it's and I have to say it's also probably the peak of um of uh, Tim Rice and Android Weber's production abilities is this album, sure. where they have, I think the exact right side orchestra, right size orchestra, mm-hmm. and they are utilizing it every which way they can. I do want right. to say a quick thing here um, about our Magaldi in this recording, mm-hmm. uh, who is played by uh, Mark Sires. On this night of a thousand stars, let me take you to heaven's door. Where the music of love's guitars plays forevermore In the glow of those twinkling lights We shall love through eternity On this night in a million nights Fly away with me I I was sitting there this time listening to it being like, why does his voice sound so familiar beyond the fact that I've heard this album a thousand times? Mm. And it was because in the wake of Stephen Sondheim's death, I have been listening to a lot of Sondheim, including sure. my favorite underrepresented Sondheim, which is Pacific Overtures. Of and course. Mark Sires is in the original Broadway cast of Pacific Overtures. He plays oh. uh, a lot of different parts, but the, the two big ones are he plays the Russian ambassador in Please Hello, and he mm. plays the samurai in um, Someone in a Tree. I can hear them now. I hear everything I'm the part that's underneath With my sword inside my sheet I can hear them now One is over me If they knock then I appear I'm a part of what I hear I'm the fragment underneath interesting and it's once you know that and you listen to this recording you're like oh god like clearly that's the same guy he has a very specific kind of baritone you know timber to it and then i was like god i wonder what he's been up like these are two big like not two big hits but big broadway shows he was in obviously how prince liked him a lot like i wonder what else he did and then i found out that tragically um he died in a car accident in 1981 i believe um Uh. 
he had just done, you know, he just finished a run in Evita as Magaldi, and then he was in a car accident and he died at the age of 30. Really? Yeah. Wow. And, That's so Irene Ryan. And it, oh there you go. God. Yeah. yeah. And so it is. I, I really am glad, though, that he, like, I recognized him and he's on this recording and he's on Pacific oh, Overtures yeah. and he's a tremendous talent and he's doing a lot with Magaldi yes. in this yes. recording. And it fits again with that, like, to match Patti Lapone and Mandy Patinkin's energy as Magaldi, Absolutely. where you have a song and a half basically to truly, do it. Truly, truly. And there really are impressive. Magaldis who, like, do the most and it doesn't work. Like, he really yes. does, like, cheater so, like, carefully on the right amount of too much and it is the his delivery of the line your act hasn't changed much neither has yours that's the only right. one of these recordings where it feels like it hurts when he says yeah it. when he like when yeah. it feels like magaldi wins that fight a little bit like sure just like, sure, sure sure yep well look at us here we go mm. yeah so i think it's not even really close of a contest to move the original I, broadway cast recording i think you might be right over the 2012 <laughs> recording all right are we going we got two two things left here we've got so now it's mm. studio original studio concept album versus the west end revival mm. well i i think i i must go to the concept album um merely because it is longer it has more material um and uh julie covington is yeah i mean a better vocalist the cast is superior and i like as much as we liked the orchestrations of 2006 i gotta say i love the orchestrations on the well you, you can't album. beat the london uh, royal symphony i mean yeah but also on. but even beyond that the the concept album things they're allowed to like the drums for example yeah. on the concept album are just are remarkably miked and remarkably well played um, yeah but they've also got like great little guitar solos and and other flute solos that you can't have like you could never do this on stage. You you could Right, exactly. You couldn't have this big break here in this song for like Well, that's the thing. I mean, nobody ever does a Vita at Carnegie Hall. You know, nobody ever does mm-hmm. a New York Philharmonic, you right. know. So how often do we get to really hear a, an 80-piece orchestra play a Vita, yeah. you know? And, and for that reason alone, I mean, it's for, it's superior. Yeah. Cuz there's probably what 12 musicians on the 2006, on the 2006 one, something like even. that. Yeah, yeah, maybe 15. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. a small... Yeah, I still think the two... But I would say, I think the 2006 recording is worth getting if you like Evita. Yeah. It's a good that, highlight that, that was the yeah. big surprise for me of this, yeah. of this whole thing. It was, was how really, good that album is. Um, and then we're going to slide over here and say <laughs> <laughs> our reluctant winner of the world section the, <laughs> versus the Broadway cast recording. <laughs> what if I just threw a wrench in things right say, now? And I was like, no... No, no, never mind. Never mind. You know what? (laughs) I've been thinking about (laughs) it. And James Botto sounding like Lin-Manuel Miranda is the right Absolutely. Yes. No. Okay. Well, now here we are. I think where we all thought we knew we'd end up. It's the the 1976 concept album versus... Our act hasn't changed much. No, not at all. Versus the original Broadway cast recording. Uh, And it is... Now we get into the minutiae a little bit. I think sure. about what do you prefer in little tiny moments. So I would say mm-hmm. to you though, Billy, your favorite song you've told me is is Rainbow High. Yep. yep. So why do you have a preference and which one do you prefer and why? Oh, I that think song. a big part of it, you know, a, a big part of it, quite honestly, is because there is video that exists of Patti Lapone doing Rainbow High mm-hmm. on stage. Mm-hmm. And every time I listen to it now, I can see that visual in my head, right? Mm-hmm. I can see her strutting down the, the runway in her white dress, you know, with the little footlights at that 
key change and it's just the most iconic thing to think about as you're listening to it. And that will always be the issue with that concept album, right? Is you don't quite know what to visualize mm -hmm. with it. Um, so for, I mean, for that reason, and, and again, Rainbow High is Patty's song, you know, it yeah. is hers. Nobody does the, just a little touch of quality as gracefully as she does, which mm -hmm. is the least graceful musical theater writing of all time. Yeah. Just Ending so on that hard low to sing note, that. It is not. Exactly. Yeah, it's a bad idea. But she makes it work. You mm -hmm. know, she 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 makes me believe that there is star quality in ending the song about star quality on the lowest note in the entire song. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, she really does. Like, she does sell it. Yeah. 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 So I would counter with um, Don't Cry For Me Argentina, mm. which I think is at its best with Julie Covington. I think I would agree with that too. In Patti Lapone's yep. hands, Don't Cry For Me Argentina feels like a sales pitch, which is one way to mm. interpret it, that she's, sure. she's conning these people. Don't cry for me, Argentina. The truth is I never left you. All through my wild days, my mad existence, I kept my promise. Don't but i feel like don't cry for me argentina is a genuine it, it's the apex of that character's empathy and power like our meeting sure. and for the first time and she's sure. like i've made it here and now i'm gonna help you all and then right. the whole second act is about how she doesn't you know like she right. she fails in her in her mission and so I think Julie Covington doing that song, and it is the song, um, is is great. Don't cry for me, Argentina. The truth is I never left you. All through my wild days, my mad existence, I kept my promise. Don't keep your distance. Now, yeah, I would I would agree. I mean, I, I think the the best version of Patty's "Don't Cry for Me, Argentina" is when she did it at the Grammys a couple of years ago, mm, and finally being yeah. able to see an older woman who we know has been singing the song for four years, and we know that there's been a lot of drama between her and the person who has written it. Just yeah. the con the oh, context. Gosh. I forgot of, all about that. Truly, truly. I, I mean, that's a cage match oh for another. Oh gosh, uh, that's a that's a real cage show. match. That's a thrill. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. With, that's, yeah. that's that's <laughs> with Andy I mean, and Patty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. God. But Jeez. but I think there there is vulnerability when it's an older Patty doing it that mm -hmm. I, that I really like. But but it doesn't come across uh, in the same way on uh, on this album. So I would certainly give it to Julie. There is so I have to play one more thing here. My favorite mm -hmm. moment on the concept album, which Please. is during and the money kept rolling in. Uh, which is not sung by Che on this recording, mm -hmm. but that's fine because I don't want to hear Colm Wilkinson sing this song. Sure. One of no. my favorite moments in Evita, right up there with the key change in Rainbow High, is the tacit in And the Money Kept Rolling In and the way that the singer, usually Che, and the orchestra come back in right, like, in that right. great pause. And I think it is never better than on this concept album. Right. Let's see if I can find this. Right. Tell you the whole lot of happy, grateful looks. I count on so many slow things down. 
it is just like it's ridiculous it's so good it is it's like <laughs> it's like patty labelle doing this christmas it's god know? it's so good it just comes in and i understand a lot of the reason it's so good is because it's on it's in a studio like they can time sure. that exactly right but right. it's Christopher Neal and the singing with the vocals sure. in that version. Sure. And, but like Jesus, that that is just an impressive yeah. moment of recording and just really yeah. knocks me down. Um, Absolutely. Before we declare our winner, though, I want to back up a little bit here and see if mm. we can pick our dream five from our oh. our casts here. Um, so we have Ava Che, Perone Magaldi, and Perone's Mistress, who are the big five parts in this. Um, mm. The ones who are always on the poster. Um, we can start with Perone's Mistress, which I think it's mm. the easiest one because she only sings yes. one song. <laughs> sure, sure. Did you have a, my my favorite is Barbara Dixon on the concept album? Do you have a? I, I would also say it's probably Barbara Dixon. Time and time again, I said that I don't care that I'm immune to gloom, that I'm hard through. I just think she's yep. she's so good at that song. It it's is the it, sweetest. It's, yeah. it's the most longing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's absolutely her. And the later ones, re- that's a song that really suffers in the like 89, 2006, 2012 version. Like, it feels like somebody trying to make a moment out of a song. Well, that's the thing. You know, it, it that song will always feel like a diversion because mm-hmm. it is a diversion. Right. Um, but on a, on a concept album, you are allowed that diversion, mm-hmm. you know, so you're not sitting there thinking like, uh, when is this scene over? You're sitting there being like, ah, this is a good song. This is a cool way to explore this. In the same way where like the insecticide, like, you know, it's stupid, but like, yeah, it's on the concept. It kind of works on the concept album, whatever. It's there. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's fine. He has a motivation. I don't care. Right. Right. It's a sung history lesson, (laughs) you know, it's a a footnote. It's a super big footnote. You can find online, by the way, you can Google pictures of Che Guevara dressed as like in his, in, um, research chemist days, like with a lab coat and stuff. And oh my God, it's a riot. Um, I'm obsessed. So how about Magaldi? Do you have a favorite Magaldi? Oh, shucks. I don't know if I have a favorite Magaldi, um, but now that I know the backstory of the original Broadway Magaldi, I'll give it to him. Yeah, I was going to say Mark Cyrus as well. It's yeah, either Mark, Mark Cyrus, Cyrus or sure. uh, Tony Christie on the original concept album. But I, sure. like, I like the way Mark Cyrus does it. And it feels mm-hmm. like, again, the one people are chasing after sure. this, that sort of like quasi sure. Elvish, they have like a little Elvis bit to it. That... Ex- exactly. Certainly not the one from the movie. That was the one where I was like, oh God, he is really leaning into yes, it. Yes, it is. And yeah. it, but it's funny when you see, you should really see the movie because the guy, I have to watch it, the yeah. guy does not look like Elvis at all. In fact, he looks like kind of a dork and it's great. Okay. It, the, the dichotomy great. is great between like how weird yeah. he like looks and how, and how like he's Elvis singing it. It's pretty oh, great. Um, mm. All right. So the Perone is obviously Michael Cerveris. We can just move on. Hundred no. percent, no question. <laughs> no, who's your favorite? No question. <laughs> uh, probably, probably Bob. Uh, Bob Gutton. She's not the bubble you can brush aside. She's been up doing what we just talked about. Example: gave us back our businesses, got the English out. And when you think about it, 
Well, why not do one or two of the things we promised to? I should say, correct, because somebody's probably been yelling at their, uh, um, that their thing for a little bit, that um, the technically the Mandy Patinkin, Patti LuPone, Bob Gunn recording is not the original Broadway cast recording. It's the premier American recording because they recorded it in Los Angeles before it made it to Broadway. Okay, I've acknowledged that. Thank you. You can all stop yelling. Thank you okay. very much. I think Arche is going to be an easy choice. <laughs> this is not even... Ricky Martin, baby. James Spado. Um, yeah. No, it's Mandy Patinkin. Of course it is. It's yeah. it's Mandy yeah. Patinkin all day, every day. It's it's mm. Mandy's it's Mandy's role, you know? Yep. It just Absolutely. It just is. And uh there's nothing you can do about that. Truly. Nor nor do I want to. Nor we like have. He'll, Why yell, would you at, want he'll to? yell at me. He would. Yeah. He would. Well not these days, but then. Then oh, yeah. then yeah. he would scream at you. Right. Um and if, and uh I, I think our Ava Perone is also, though Julie Covington does yeoman's work. Um, mm-hmm. And we like Elena Roger on the 2006. Uh, and we like Miss Florence Lacey. And we like Elaine Page, just not mm-hmm. on that. And recording. we like Elaine Page, but and we love the 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 nameless vocals on the disco album. <laughs> Festival, as they are. Yes, called. exactly. Uh, there really has not been of these uh, an Ava who can't sing it. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone is capable. I mean, Elena Roger does not. There's. There's a lot of vocal fry in the 2012, but she could sing in 2006 for sure. Yes. Um, but it really, I mean, Patty just makes a fucking meal out of it. Yeah. And, know? and it's a meal that it's a wonderful meal. It, it, yeah. it's, com- she, she really understands that part. It seems to me yep. very, very, and what makes that part compelling and what makes that part dangerous and what makes that part fun. And yeah. I really like as much as Mandy Patin can put his stamp on Che and everybody's chasing Mandy everybody's mm. chasing patty like that it, it's the whole performance i could pick apart songs individually and say well in this recording this one's better than that but as a package it yep it's patty all day every which day. is why it's so fascinating too that the role was not built for her you know right like she was she was hired they for the found role. her she auditioned. to do it yeah 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 it, it feels so exclusively hers yeah like they crafted every single moment for her and um you know that is such a talent. Yeah, yeah. and it's so rare. It is, and it's her. Yep. It's her part, like one thousand yep. percent, and it will pretty much always be her part. Absolutely. All right, Billy. Where are we going? Well, for that reason, yeah. I think I I must give the edge, yeah. and Evita is all about the Ava, and it's got to go to the American premiere recording, recording right? Of of I I have to say. I, I still the concept album would be the one I'll throw in, but mm. if you asked me which recording of Avita should I get, if that right. was the question, well, which one which one captures the show? Yes, Avita, the answer directly. is the is this is the the what the Patty Lapone Mandy Patinkin one. No, right, and the, and the concept album is a different assignment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it's a it's great to listen to after you've seen the show after you have become a fan of the show to go back and understand where it came from. Uh, it's a cool artifact. And a lot of those songs are just fucking bops on it. You know, mm-hmm. that, and the money kept rolling in is great. Don't cry for me. Argentina is great for rainbow high is really good. Um, but just as a show, as a recording, if you're going to sit and listen to the whole way through and try to get the Avita experience, there is no other album to do that than the original Broadway. Billy, you have a show off Broadway right now. I do. I do. Yes. A musical about star Wars is, uh, playing till uh, right now till the uh, middle of January at the American uh, Theater of Actors. 
uh, on 54th Street. Uh, if you're a fan of Star Wars or of musicals um, or Evita, which we don't cover, but you know, <laughs> but yeah, why not? Why Come not? see it. Yeah. yeah. That's so great. And of course, people can get Little Black Book uh, yes. Broadway Records. On, on Broadway Records, available everywhere you listen to your music, as well as the cast album of a musical about Star Wars. Right. And, um, oh, that's true. Yeah. That's there too. Yeah. All yeah. kinds of Yes. It was the, the my, my song of the summer is uh, Summer in Nevada. And, uh, oh, really? Yes, it oh, was. I'm honored. And absolutely. And so I'm yes, get out there and get to it. Um, mm. But thank you so much for, for joining us for the. the um, the the maiden voyage of cast album cage match thank you for having me patrick i'm honored to to be helming the the maiden voyage and um I, i'm thrilled that i have listened to all these avita albums because i will never have to again now Gosh, this was fun. Fun, fun, fun.